Monday morning, JM in the AM. There's a um, a book and a website that has become uh, known to us um, entitled Not a Partnership. Information about it by going to notapartnership.com. And this is something that was um, written by and directed by Todd Jacobs and Peter Lynn. And it's rare that I read the entire bio of a guest who's with us on the air. Most of you know that already after three and a half decades. But in this case, I'm making an exception. find it pretty interesting. Uh, Todd Jacobs, also known as Rabbi Avraham Yitzchak Jacobs, is director of the David Robinson Institute for Jewish Heritage in Jerusalem, which he co-founded in uh, 2005. Prior to his current role teaching and counseling his students and alumni, he enjoyed a distinguished career on Wall Street as a leading authority in the telecommunications industry. And as a managing director at J.P. Morgan, and before that as a partner at uh, Sanford Bernstein & Company, Todd acted as a frequent commentator to leading newspapers, magazines, and TV networks, and testified several times before the United States Congress as an expert on telecom and media policy. His credits in Jerusalem, in journalism, rather, where he worked prior to Wall Street, include nominations for both the Pulitzer Prize for investigative journalism and the Emmy Award. He lives in Yerushalayim with his family. Rabbi Avraham Yitzchak Todd Jacobs, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Good morning. Is the David Robinson Institute for Jewish Heritage one that I'd be familiar with? Is it a school or a seminary or an educational institution that would be familiar to uh, American folks on the East Coast like myself? So anybody familiar with the with the world of Balichuva would be familiar with it, but not under that official name. They would know it as Machon Yaakov. And, and Machon Yaakov was was spawned from Machon Shlomo, which uh, which you know predated us by you know thirty years, thirty five years, something like that. But then we were the outgrowth of Machon Shlomo when we uh, when the Rosh Hashiva there decided he wanted to start a new program, and it was also great timing for me and my family. So we started Machon Yaakov. And what, what, and was one or both of those institutions instrumental in your own development, or this is something that you entered in the educational uh, to be an educator? No, this was what when I when I first got interested in Judaism, which is way back when. This is when I was in graduate school um, at Columbia University. Uh, I wound up going uh, early in my career to Machon Shlomo. Uh, I went there in 1986. I stayed through 1988, and it was the, you know the most formative, transformational couple of years in my life. And post that, I went off. You know, I Hashem, got married and began a family, but went back to America. And, you know, embarked on a career, but always, always had in mind that if, you know, Hashem gave us the right uh, messages and the right blessings, that maybe we could find our way back and get into Jewish education at a later point. And that, you know, took, it took a couple of decades, but, you know, thank God we, we wound up doing that. So you, you consider being in Jewish education a blessing. That's good. That's actually a good start, frankly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, was, it was a goal. It was, <laughs> it was a goal and an amazing, amazing opportunity. Uh, and at some point, I, I, and I don't know when, but I hope you'll tell us. At some point, uh, you you either you yourself delve into it, or you yourself um, uh, becomes uh, known as an authority on it, because you've written a book, not a partnership. It's a book about marriage. Uh, how how did being an administrator and uh, rabbi at uh, Machon Yaakov lead to an expertise in the area of marriage? 
So it, it was it was really not an expectation going in. It was more a byproduct of what we were doing. Uh, in other words, our, our institution caters to young men between the ages of about 21 and 35. These are, generally speaking, young professionals. They are well-educated. Secularly, they come from the, you know, the world's greatest educational institutions. They come from you know, amazing professional backgrounds, from anything you could think of, from finance to law to medicine to acting to social work to you name it. Um, and what we found over the years was that they were incredibly well-prepared for their, their academic life, their professional life, and they were clearly you know, taking time off to delve deeply into their Jewish life. But what they discovered and we discovered in the process was they were woefully, woefully unprepared for the world of marriage. You know, they came from a secular background, typically, uh, where marriage is in a desperate state, as you know, you know, 50 percent divorce rate. The the statistics are that in the United States, almost everybody gets married eventually. But about 50 percent of those marriages end up in divorce. Of the 50 percent that stay married, how many of them are really happy, sparkling marriages? How many of these guys had great role models for what a beautiful, sparkling, intimate, great marriage looks like? And the answer is very few. And so we found that they just had a, a strong desire to find out how marriage worked and to get prepared for it. And between myself and Rabbi Lynn, who in our, in our book goes by Peter Lynn, because that's his, that's his legal English name, um, Peter, Peter has a background not only as a, as a rabbi, but also studied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania which is a very, very powerful arena of psychological research in terms of unlocking your goals and unlocking your strengths and putting them to work. It's, it's, it's not that distant from a, I mean, Lahav deal, but it's a secular you know, version, if you will, of Slobodka, which is to say, figure out the greatness of the human being and focus on it and bring that out. And we combine that with what I began teaching pretty regularly, which are things that I you know, received from my own mentors, things like Rip Hein Friedlander and Rip Dessler and Rip Voldy, all the classic works on marriage. And we found, we looked up um, 10, 12 years into that process of preparing these guys for marriage, and we said, wow, you know, our guys have about a 5% divorce rate, which is, of course, 5% too much, but, but on the other hand, that's about one-tenth the divorce rate in the United States. So we spoke to, you know, some, some very, very big people in the Jewish world, Rosh Hashivas, and, and we're really encouraged to try to figure out a way to take some of that Jewish wisdom and, and take it out of a Torah, you know, Torah-centric context, but teach the fundamentals of marriage to a secular Jewish, non-Jewish, anybody who's interested in rebuilding the foundations of marriage. We were encouraged to write a book that can help people do that and use all the wisdom that you've got from both Torah and from secular uh, sources, and that's what we did. Because the truth is, a, even a secular society with stronger marriages is a better society, so you're... Uh... Uh, you're certainly utilizing these uh, tools that you have and the goals that 100%. you have, not only for the Jewish world, but for the secular world as well. Rabbi Avraham Yitzchak Todd Jacobs is with us live via telephone. The book is called Not a Partnership. Uh, you can also go to a uh, the, the website, notapartnership.com. Again, that's notapartnership.com. Well, give us a taste of that wisdom. I mean, can you give us a, a tip or two, or could you give us a, a general... Uh, uh, you know, a, a, a general piece of information that might help those who are now, because of this conversation, thinking about their marriage and how good or bad it might be? Absolutely. The, the, the way the book is constructed is the first half of it 
is what we would call conceptual, philosophical, trying to understand what a marriage is, what love is, what causes love, what's male, what's female, how do they come together in a very in-depth way. The second half of the book is looking at practical implementations, what we call the four pillars of giving. And just, just by way of example, so, you know, one of the, we, we believe that there are a few paradigm shifts that if people don't make those paradigm shifts, there's almost no way to be successful in marriage. And if you do put those paradigms in place, it's very, very hard to fail. So what one paradigm we have, for example, is that marriages don't happen. They are made. Now, to any mature person, that probably sounds almost obvious. But when you think of the secular vision of falling in love, it's a passive enterprise looking for my soulmate, right? So, so what happens? I just bump into this person who's attractive to me. Wow, we were, we're romantic. We get excited about each other. We decide we're going to get married. What, what people don't realize, and then they always think they must have just married the wrong person, is when, is when the, the, the short-lived romance phase ends, well, what now? So when that, and, and by the way, that phase always does end. And people think, oh, I guess I got duped again. I better go find another you know, person to try to start up with again. Whereas obviously the Jewish idea is that's exactly when the work begins. So for example, we give people as a paradigm shift that, that the whole vision and paradigm of what causes love, for example, most people have backwards. Reb, Reb Dessler is the, is, the, is the source for that. Reb Dessler asked the famous question, what causes love? Do we love when we receive from the other? Or do we love where we give? And, and by, way of, by way of argument, he says, if you take a look at, you know, let's say, children and parents. So in a normal, healthy relationship between children and parents, the giving is pretty much one way. Parents give way, 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 way more to their kids, generally speaking, good, healthy parents, than the kid gives to the parents. And, and who winds up loving the other more? I mean, we all know the parents love the children much more than the children love the parents. And, and why is that? So the answer is because when I, when I love, and that love is expressed by giving, what I do is I wind up investing myself in the other, and in that process, I find myself in the other, and I expand into the other, and the byproduct of that is I really come to attach to and love the other. And so if a person wants to, you know, you feel like you're falling out of love with your wife, or you feel like you want to fall in love with the person that you're committing to, the answer is very simple. Start giving. And that flips on the head the way most people in our society think about these things, which is, you know, I, I don't love this person anymore because they don't give to me anymore. So we always say to them, so flip it around and start giving yourself, and you'll find that you love where you give. You and know, that is one of, the, one of the classic paradigm shifts. I often quote my late father who used to say that givers live longer than takers, and obviously he wasn't referring to, you know, exact number of years in comparison. But uh, I think we can extend that to say that uh, a marriage is based on giving last longer than marriage is uh, based on taking, right? A hundred percent. And we and really what lies at the core of almost every single thing that we kind of uncovered and dealt with and wrote about was one way or another, in one form or another, it was giving. Whether that was the way you try to speak to your spouse, whether that's the way that you try to prioritize your, with your spouse, whether that's the way you try to be, you know, almost every aspect that comes into the building of the relationship is giving. And that's why, as I said, when we get to the practical implementation component of the book, they are, we call that the four pillars of giving. Um, and we have, for example, we have what we think is the central pillar of all of that. It's called, it all depends on me. That's the final pillar that we, that we explore in the book. It all depends on me. And, and, the, and, and once again, that's one of those, one of those ideas, you know, you, you talk to people who are in marriages and we, and we have dealt with now hundreds of couples 
you know, premarital in the in in the midst of early years of marriage, and then going through up till you know a decade, twelve years into their marriages, which is what we've been dealing with. And what we find is many times people have problems in marriage, sometimes in the early years, and they begin waiting for the spouse to try to change. You know, she she's she's become like this, and she doesn't do this for me anymore. And you know, I just don't, you know I'm just waiting for her to kind of like make the move so that I can you know I'm willing to stay in the relationship. And what we have told men or women, I mean, it comes in either, on either side, if you want to jumpstart your relationship and you want to change it fundamentally, look at it as though it's completely dependent upon you. Don't wait for your spouse. Ask yourself, you know, what do I bring to this marriage, which is probably some core negative character trait I have not perfected over the years, and I probably have to control it a lot. It has probably had impact on, uh, on my professional life and on my social life. But nowhere, nowhere will our bad midot, our bad character traits come out more than in a marriage. So we'll tell a person, if, if you have an anger issue, you can be sure it's poisoning your marriage. So instead of waiting for your wife to do something, or instead of waiting for your husband to do something, we're talking to her, we'll say, you know, start working on anger. Go to therapy and learn about anger. Can, start reading books on anger, you know, et cetera. And people, can, and people flip their marital status in that process. Is there a benefit to this being read before marriage? Because it sounds like a lot of what needs to be implemented really can only be uh, implemented once one experiences what you're talking about. So so we, we believe that the best thing on earth to do is really what they've done in yeshivas forever, which is prepare for marriage. The more a person has a mature vision of what is going to face them. You know, I, I, learn, I, I, have a, I have what we call the marriage vod, which I learn four nights a week for 15 minutes uh, a night with our second-year students. It's a two, our, the program that we have is a, is a one- or a two-year program. And so the second-year students are, are young men who are, you know, really thinking about marriage. By that point, these are guys who are committed to their Judaism. They're committed to putting Torah in the center of their lives. And they are pretty seriously thinking about the fact that, that their family is going to be the center of all of that. So we, we find that preparing them in advance is an incredible thing. That's number one. But what, what I also found was that we made all of those tapes of those Vodim available to our alumni who are in all levels of states of marriage, one year, two years, three years, four years, you know, a decade, 12 years. And we found that once people got into it and were, so to speak, learning the, 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 the subject of marriage on a regular basis, people were calling us and telling us, my marriage is getting better. I'm thinking about my marriage every single day. Wives were calling us and saying, you know, thanks for putting that back into place. So we, we, we find that preparing in advance is the best. If you didn't get a chance to prepare in advance, there's no time like the present to start making things better. The book is called Not a Partnership. Strange title for a marriage. You know, most people think that marriage is a partnership. Well, yeah, that, that one, we, we always get that question, and we sort of came up with that title for to be provocative. The, the spoiler alert is that is that when marriage is done properly, it really is the greatest partnership that exists in the world. But my business background, um, where you know I was an analyst on Wall Street, as you mentioned, I worked a lot with consultants and things like that. It turns out that in the world of business, almost all partnerships fail, and they don't fail for the reason that you think they fail. They they don't fail because they have bad products or because they don't have financing. They usually fail because the two partners in that partnership begin looking at each other with suspicion over time. Everybody starts out, oh, my partner and I, we love each other. We're going to be great. It's going to be an awesome partnership. What happens over a short period of time is that I wind up focusing and, and being convinced that I'm doing everything that I committed myself to 
but I'm constantly looking at my partner and saying, you're not pulling your weight. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so it becomes, you know, one side just begins making demands on the other. The other side makes demands on the other. Bitter recriminations, resentment, and lo and behold, most partnerships break up over those type of issues. And unfortunately, that is the dynamic that takes place in marriage. If you, don't, if you, have, a, if you have a polluted view of marriage, if your view of marriage is what can I get out of it, as opposed to how can I build my spouse, how can I give her or him the life that they want and deserve, and hopefully that the other side is doing the same for me, if you have that vision of what are you doing for me and are you pulling your weight, it's very, very hard to succeed in marriage. Very, very hard to feel good about the other. The book is written by uh, Todd Jacobs, also known as Rabbi Avram Yitzhak Jacobs, and Peter Lynn, and the book and the website not a partnership. You can go to the web, notapartnership.com for information. It's a, uh, you can purchase it on Amazon. You can purchase it directly from the website. If you go to notapartnership.com, there's a tab there to do that. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck with the book. And uh, hey, if you uh, if you and your uh, partner, in this case, <laughs> uh, uh, Peter Lynn, have the ability to um, uh, you know to really affect marriages in a positive manner, both for uh, uh, members of our community and members outside of our community, then Kolakavod. What can I tell you? It's a tremendous goal, and if you uh, meet great success, then it's only better for everybody involved. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, JM and the AM, more coming up. It's a Monday morning broadcast. <laughs> 